tonight on Courtship of Princess Why are you laughing? Tonight on Courtship of Princess Padre. Why'd we start over? Because. Just because. Oh, a valuable breeder, the virtues of King Han Solo, Mr. New Booty, and Saber Rancor, Ride a Jedi. <laughs> This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Listeners, welcome <laughs> to a brand new episode of The Courtship of Princess Padron. This is Mission 4, Season 69. <laughs> Today we'll be going over, if he can stop giggling. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Today we'll be going over chapters 15 through 18 of The Courtship of Princess Leia. But before that, a quick reminder of your hosts. If Seth, Rogue 7, was a new character from the Han Solo trailer, she would be L. 337 because she's elite Hexor's lady droid who came to kick butt first and take names later. Yes! Nice. Yes! That's nice. all I ever wanted. Danny, Rogue Six, would be the alien nervously standing behind Lando. Yes! He wants to ask if he had two minutes <laughs> to talk about saving the endangered porgs. I'm so <laughs> glad you know he's got a clipboard. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I have some literature I'd like to share with you. <laughs> right? Stopping people on the sidewalk. Heath, Rogue 3, Izuvio, we promise he was there. But as a young man, and this is really the story of how he turned away from the life of Prime and become a man of the law. I love it. I want it. He's there. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I'm that big-eyed, two-headed alien bro who is staring into the void and wondering how they ended up getting stuck at another goddamn Sabak table. <laughs> Here we are again. <laughs> I love how this is my life now. <laughs> these were all not just characters in the solo trailer, but like majorly background characters from the solo trailer. Yep. <laughs> yep. I don't know what you mean. So speaking of the solo trailer, <laughs> I have a question about Han Solo, Solo, a Star Wars story <laughs> featuring Han Solo, which is, did you see the trailer? <laughs> Yes, I did, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. I had to write these intros. And uh, where do, where does the tentacle monster rank on your list of favorite monsters in the Star Wars universe? Wait, there's a tentacle monster, I guess? Yeah, you see the tentacle monster at the end. <laughs> Meg. <laughs> Meg, did like, not, oh. Meg did not actually watch the trailer. I, I literally it watched it once. Meg looked at the one still of Lando in the bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and picked all of her characters from that and was like, they're she's all probably characters from this picture. No, no, listen, 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 I watched the trailer once, like as soon as it came out, and then that was it. Did you shut it off after it said 
the title or after it said Memorial Day? Because it's one of those weird things where, like, you think oh, the trailer ends, like, but then there's, like, a sneak. Yes, I did. Little scene. Yeah. Yeah. Because trust me, I, be talk- I would be talking about a tentacle monster. Yeah. So, you Meg, there's a hyperspace tentacle monster. Amazing. Great. I hope it devours everything. Probably not Han <laughs> or Lando. Fingers still crossed on Han. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have any general thoughts, ideas, or we saw it where we've all moved on because there's so much other terrible (laughs) things happening in the Star Wars world this week? You know what my thing is. You know what I'm thinking about this trailer. There's just there's one thing. It's late. It's late. It's late. I don't care if they call her something else in the actual movie. She's late to me, and I love her. She's late, Hexors. (laughs) <laughs> do you think she will speak basic or do you think she's a beep boop? I hope she speaks basic. Because if she's a beep boop, then that all the other sassy dudes, apart from, you know, R2, get to speak basic. Like K2 and 3PO. Yeah. Though he's not super sassy, he's just kind of useless. Oh. I mean, I love the guy, but he, he isn't the best at wit or charm or intelligence. Wow. <laughs> or oh. <laughs> oh no you should stop <laughs> yeah he's a damn good songwriter though you gotta admit yeah no i will give him that i will give him that and that's probably something that leet won't match up to but she's still my favorite like the movie hasn't come out i've seen like two shots of her but she is my favorite character ever now i love her okay but what if it is a movie mm-hmm. about han solo after all mm-hmm. i hope not <laughs> <laughs> Han Solo, what a man! <laughs> That's all. Yeah, if it's gonna be, a, if we're gonna have to sit through a movie about Han Solo, I want the song, and I want Leet to write it. <laughs> I want Leet to write and perform it. Oh, yes, That's what I want. Well, no. there you go. There's our thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> solo movie. Really deep analysis on the solo trailer here on Robot. Yeah. <laughs> If you're here for deep analysis, you've come to the wrong place. Think wonk. And 75 episodes in, I think you should know that by now. Well, speaking of deep analysis, (laughs) let's get into the chapter. Deep something. I just just can't hear the word deep that many times in a row. (laughs) Basically. So (laughs) remember that when we last met, Luke was taken captive by a woman, a young, beautiful woman, ages 18 to 20, not sure, <laughs> <laughs> named Teneniel DeJoe. Yep. So as we start off, Teneniel has bound Luke and Isildur and is leading them back toward her village. R2 isn't bound and she's not too worried about the mechanical person escaping, which is cute that she's like, oh, mechanical person. Yeah. She's more concerned by the presence of three night sisters surrounding them. Luke asks if they're hunting them, and Teneniel explains that they're hunting him and her, the spellcasters. Luke asks to be set free, and Teneniel says that if he promises to stay with her, she would. When Luke asks what she'd do with him, she explains that she'd take him home, have him live with her, and then have him sire her some powerful daughters. She's not so interested in Isildur when there's a male witch around, but she knows she can sell him for a small fortune. (laughs) Hashtag slaving. Luke says he won't be forced to be anyone's breeder against his will. <sighs> Thank goodness they use the word breeder. That, and that when... should be on a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when Teneniel asks if he'd rather be taken by a night sister, Luke feels them and feels fear. 
So she says that she'll kill them all before letting them get their hands on any of them. Luke, of course, is not a fan of this and won't allow her to kill anyone, including herself. She asks again if he would mate with her, if she's so unattractive that he wouldn't want to. She feels good when she notices Luke is indeed thirsty. That's how I pick up guys. I ask them if they'll mate with me. And when they say no, I'm like, do you think I'm that unattractive? And guilt them into it. That's exactly yeah. how. Yes. I would like to state for the record that I don't actually do that when I go out to bars, just in case anybody I mean, takes me seriously there. I see you at the bar. <laughs> just, just in other <laughs> flirtatious situations. Yeah, yeah not no. at the bar. Not bars. Yeah, no, you have when a little you take bit of class. Home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is after asking them home for coffee. Coffee. Espcaf. Yeah, Espcaf. I love that stuff. He says that he might stay with her, but not like this. He activates his lightsaber from her belt and uses it to break himself free. Tenennial isn't really surprised, not sure if it was ever possible to keep a male spat- spellcaster bound. He introduces himself as Luke Skywalker, and Tenennial directs Isildur and R2 to go up through the mountains to get to her people for safety while she and Luke lead the Night Sisters away. This is like it- a, okay, okay, children, go away. Mommy and Daddy are going to play now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is one of those moments where I'm like, oh, thank God my parents got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> they run and tenennial is using her discovery spell every so often to check on the night sisters she decides the best plan is to run straight for the closest night sister using her storm spell to distract them and run right through luke asks if she always has to sing to use the force and she explains that she does but there are others who can do it wordlessly like he can they make it up the mountain, seeing a night sister and 20 stormtroopers, and they pause so Tenennial can chant and call on the storm. The wind and dust rise, and grabs Luke, and she grabs Luke and pulls him into the fray. They make most of the way through, but in the middle of the storm, the night sister hits Tenennial in the chest with some force lightning. It's bad. <clears throat> Ocheron, a powerful night sister kicked out from their clan, continues to torture Tenennial with force lightning. She feels herself falling when Luke ignites his lightsaber, taking off the head of Ocheron. Jeez, Luke. Graphic. <laughs> Tenennial finds her voice again, and the wind starts back up, with Luke deflecting and killing the remaining stormtroopers who try to attack them. He half-carries her up the mountain and into the cave for protection. She can feel herself dying as Luke rips off her tunic and touches her wounds before she blanks out. Touches the wounds in a very particular area as the book very <laughs> delicately <laughs> describes. Uh... Not delicately. Yeah, it's, it's her breasts. He touched her boob. He was probably pretty happy about it. <laughs> I just, this this particular part of the book was just real determined to make you notice that her boobs are there. Yeah, she has boobs. Yeah, and they're, yeah. they're there. And Luke is touching one. And Luke is kind <laughs> of into it. <laughs> I mean, as far as we know in this timeline so far, he probably hasn't touched a lot of boobs. You know what? That's fair. This could be a very exciting first moment for yeah. him. <laughs> And he's like, well, I have to consider whether or not I'm going to be like her breeding tool. So <laughs> <laughs> I felt Heath. so bad just that. <laughs> yes. Well, I was just going to say Heath and Danny are very intentionally not participating in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Fair. Uh, let's see. Tenennial's dreaming 
of when her mother died, of having to face her discolored body and fleeing into the war room. She's in a room filled with witches, but no one can hear her crying. And the stream sequence literally has no effect on the rest of the book. I gotta lo- you gotta love, like, dream sequences that don't mean anything. <laughs> like, zero. <thing>. <laughs> when Tanya wakes up, she feels calm. The places where she was hit with lightning are hot, but she knows Luke healed her. She touches her heart, wondering if she'll meet someone who can fill the emptiness inside of her. Okay. <laughs> Dashboard <laughs> confessional plays overhead. Shut up, I love you. I really I'm Yeah, me really too. Hoping... I'm such trash for dashboard anyway. <laughs> I'm really, really hoping that her and Isildur just fall in love with each other and just fuck off out of the story. <laughs> yeah. I would put the no. odds of that at extremely high right now. They'd she be needs... great together. She needs the force babies. She has the force. She can have the force babies. No, she wants like powerful witch babies. <laughs> but she also wants someone to fill the hole inside her Meg. That's fair. <laughs> What dashboard song would be best for that? Now I wonder. <laughs> Let's see. She's still weak, and Luke comes back in with a seal door and R2. He touches her cheek gently, and she holds his hand, unsure of what to say. Luke saved her life, which means she can't claim him anymore. <laughs> Luke explains the Night Sisters gathered where they did battle, but retreated. Tenennial says that because Luke killed one of their strongest warriors, they may be seeking revenge. She tells Isildur not to worry about the stormtroopers because they are easy to kill. Womp womp. Womp. Even they know that. Kind of lampshading <laughs> the movies there. <laughs> Luke asks her how her people got there, and she explains that Dathomir was used as a prison planet by the Old Republic. Then the rogue Jedi Alia, who was cast out from the Order, arrived on the planet. She used her powers to tame the Rancors, survive, and build up a population. During the time of Tenennial's grandmother, the last of the wild rancors were driven out from the mountains. But during the time of her mother, the Night Sisters rose. Some say it is a sickness that spellcasters can catch. Luke understands now why she didn't attack Ocheron or the Stormtroopers, but simply tried to avoid them. He explains that it's not what you do with the Force, it's the intent that you use it and the state of your heart and wishes. If you are corrupt, your magic will be corrupt and therefore turn into a Night Sister. I have a question. Yes. If I, say, used the Force to rob a countdown, our supermarket, and stole a whole bunch of Kit Kats, but it's for a good reason, it's not corrupt. Entirely hypothetical, my love, right? My love for Kit Kats is very pure, right? Like, it's a very pure and wholesome love. Is that a corrupt use of the Force, or yeah. is that fine? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> but we need to be together. If, the, if you're using the Kit Kats to save someone else's life, maybe. Stuff like they saved my life. <laughs> yeah, it saves my life. Uh, now I want Kit Kats. Oh, man. I definitely want candy now. All right. He, Luke then calls her out that while she is generous in this way, she's cruel in others, like taking a mate by force. She explains that it is the way of her people and that she hoped to love him. And if she couldn't, she would sell him to someone who would. Yeah, that seems good. Yeah. Luke asks if all their clan did this for mates, and she explains the rich ones simply buy mates, but she is not rich. She explains how the Night Sister Jethzeron rose to power, working out among the stars, but then was stranded on Dathomir and her taking over the stormtroopers who are too afraid to disobey. She's trying to figure out a way to leave the planet and turn as many Night Sisters as she can to lead an army of darkness into the stars. 
Luke asks how many Night Sisters there are, and the answer of only a hundred still shocks him. When he asks how many spellcasters there are, Tenennial answers 25 to 30, hoping Luke will think it's enough. So one of the very, very few things that I feel like this book is doing well is <laughs> presenting like an alternative understanding of the Force through a different culture. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really a fan of Luke's like colonialist, like just coming in and hearing that and instead of being like, oh, that's a very interesting take on this thing that we experience in different ways, just being like, nope, you're wrong. It's the force and this is how it works. You're wrong. It's not magic. Yeah. Yeah. It's the force. That, that interpretation of Luke continues into the new canon too with that short story in The Legends of Luke Skywalker. He does the exact same thing with a different planet. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a very Luke thing. Luke. Luke. He's Luke. just like, his intentions are good. Like, yeah. He's because he's yeah. just like, so, like, and it's just the the pure like farm boy. Like, he's just so excited to know about the force and have learned about it and teach others about it. But he's, yeah. He's, oh my God. He's, he's being a bad ally. At a game conference, who is just oh, so God. sure he knows everything about making games. Yeah. He's force, spl- he's force blaming people. <laughs> oh no. He is, though. He is. Mm-hmm. Luke's a force splainer. He is. <laughs> So, back in the fortress, they are temporarily safe, so the Singing Mountain Clan is feasting with their off-worlder guests. Chewie's healing well. Apparently, Wookiees also have extra healing capabilities. Yeah, surprise. They okay. have thick skin. <laughs> he got his ribs crushed. <laughs> yeah, but he has thick skin. What does that mean? It means that it holds his ribs in place naturally I, so they're able I, to I, heal I faster think you're making this up <laughs> as you go along <laughs> i think if anyone here is going to be an expert on wookiee physiology <laughs> i guess that's true i guess that's fair look for it tomorrow on porgology Ogwen <laughs> <laughs> strikes up a conversation with han about if the deed he has to their planet is actually worth anything he explains that once the New Republic can force Warlord Gabor out, it'll matter. Chewie thinks it'll be within one year, and 3PO thinks 14. <laughs> Quite a little range. Those two are different numbers. <laughs> yeah, those Thanks. are very different numbers. Luke's coming in with, like, his colonizing of the Force, but Han's coming into this random planet that hasn't had, like... He owns it. Ownership or anything. He's like, I have a deed. It's mine. And they're all like, what? what's that? We don't... We don't know what that is. <laughs> like, go away. It's mine. It's not how it works, Han. Yes, it is. But then they like All they right. end up playing along with him too, which I really like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Ogwen asks Han if he would consider selling the planet to her. He makes a joke about how all the gold and the gems already belong to him because he owns the planet. Ha <laughs> ha doesn't get it and concedes that they do not have any money, but she tells them that they'll do three things for him in exchange. Han says he wants a way off the planet, as much gold and gems as a Rancor can carry, and if they'll help to make Leia fall in love with him. Uh, Han, you have a gun of command for that. (laughs) (laughs) He broke it. They agree to the first two, but Leia won't be part of the bargain. Han realizes he's been swindled from the get-go, that Leia had plotted this with the sisters all along. Ogwen will send some warriors to retrieve the Falcon, and they'll have it there by dawn. 
She presses upon the danger that they're in, that they have to, that they're going to lose lives for this deal, but they will protect Han and Leia and make sure that they get off planet. Han gives the deed to Ogwen for safekeeping. They head up to bed, and no one can sleep for a while. 3PO asks Leia if she'd like some music, and he she agrees. But only the first verse of a song that he's written, entitled The Virtues of King Han Solo. It was quiet, and Han could not quite get to sleep. 3PO walked around the room nervously and then said, Princess Leia, would you like some relaxing music to help you sleep? The golden droid stood in the center of the stone room, eyes shining, head tilted to one side. Music? Leia asked. Yes, I've written a song! 3PO said. And I thought you might appreciate it if I sang it to you. His tone (laughs) said that he'd be offended if she didn't listen. Leia frowned, and Han rather pitied her. He never heard 3PO sing, but he couldn't imagine there would be much good. Wait. Yeah. Did that... <laughs> was he what? so drunk? Yeah. <laughs> the last yes! time. <laughs> he was <laughs> super drunk. <laughs> right? Like, we, we were all there, Han. <laughs> I saw you there. <laughs> sure. Leia said hesitantly. But maybe just the first verse? Oh, thank you! Theo said. I've titled my song, The Virtues of King Han Solo. A musical intro, with horns and strings being in playing, and Han found himself a bit surprised. He knew that 3PO could mimic other voices, and he'd heard the droid give some nice sound effects when telling stories to the Ewoks, but he never heard music coming from the droid. 3PO did a rather convincing impression of a full symphony orchestra. Then he began swirling and dance, doing a soft shoe that scraped and echoed over the stone floors. <laughs> and the droid sang in a deep voice that sounded an awful lot like Jukas Alam, one of the galaxy's more popular singers. <clears throat> He's got his own planet, although it's kind of wild. Wookiees love him, women love him too. He's got a winning smile, though he may seem cool and cocky. He's more sensitive than he seems. <laughs> of course, sung in accompaniment with three women who all sound like Leia. Han Solo! What a man! What a man! Solo! He's every He's princess Drupio ended with a flourish of horns and drums and a tap routine, <laughs> then took a bow to Leia. Leia just stared at him with an expression somewhere between bewilderment and horror. Hey, that's pretty good. Han said. How many more verses do you have? Only 15 so far. Drupio said. <laughs> but I'm oh, sure I'm I could come up with more. <laughs> Don't you dare. Leia said, and Chewie roared his agreement. Well. Drupio huffed. He powered down for the night. Hmm. Han lay back and smiled to himself. The chorus, Han Solo, what a man solo, kept (laughs) ringing through his mind the way that stupid jingles will. And he took a strange sort of pleasure in knowing that 3PO had gone to so much trouble. We just need to acknowledge that this book just confirmed that commercials exist in the galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) He listened to Chewbacca's deep breathing as the Wookiee fell asleep. Yet, Han lay restless. Han? Leia whispered. Yeah. 
That was nice of you, offering her the planet. <laughs> oh. Han said, almost choking on the words. It was nothing. You're a pretty nice guy sometimes. Leia said. Han raised an eyebrow, looked across the room to where Leia rested on her mat. Blankets pulled tight against her throat. So, uh, does that mean you love me? No. Leia said flippantly. It just means that sometimes I think you're a pretty nice guy. Han lay back, smiled, and breathed the sweet night air. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Uh. What a man. Solo, what a a man man. solo. And it worked. Uh, (laughs) I mean... Leia thinks he's nice now. <laughs> after what? Although after just one verse, imagine the other fourteen. <laughs> Although, she doesn't love him, despite what she said in the movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sandy, you can stop loving someone you love that quickly. It just happens. You meet a hot guy, and you're like, "Ah, oh, shit, fell out of love." I guess. Wow. I mean, also same, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just for the uh, record, I just fell out of love with Saf because now I have to edit this episode. Uh, <laughs> you sure do. A couple times. <laughs> the next morning, Han wakes up to Leia, gentle and smiling. 3 song worked like a charm. She takes his hand and leads him outside of the room onto a parapet, I guess. She promises she'll make sure that he won't fall. Han is a little confused because Leia seems too relaxed and happy, but he figures that maybe the great outdoors is doing her some good. <laughs> Men are stupid. I, like, <laughs> oh, nobody just becomes that relaxed and happy when they're as high-strung as Leia. Nope. He sees a figure in black who then cuts down Leia. He tries to grab, she tries to grab onto Han as she stumbles, but Han moves back, letting her drop off the side of the map. <laughs> Nice one, Han. Hi, Leia. <laughs> nice. The black figure keeps shooting, and Han looks over the edge and sees figures like spiders crawling away, all with Leia's face. Han turns and sees the black cloaked figure is another Leia, but the real one. She knew they tried to come take Han and promises him that they'll be back. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see this as a movie just because I feel like the special effects would be so bad. Oh, they would be so cheesy. <laughs> like yeah. the sci-fi original picture. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That like imagery that. of spider layers just crawling up a cliff is terrifying. Yes. Spider layers. <laughs> it also explains where Spider Mall came from. Yeah. <laughs> this book. Look at how much influence it's had on canon. Yeah, seriously. Uh, like, if it like, were for the honest, Portrait of honestly, Leia, we wouldn't... Though, a surprising amount. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> like, TBH? Yes. <laughs> Back in the hills, Tenenia wakes up to a seal door cooking some lizard eggs. As she's... you do. They... I would also <laughs> yeah. like to point out that they pointed out in this book that she's naked. Um, over yeah, they did. and over again. oh yeah and more coming <laughs> and the floor is vibrating oh wait <laughs> Isil door isar door isar door oh isard it's all Were you connected just doing that Twitter beam when they changed the name yeah. change one letter at a time yeah. that's what i was like, doing out loud. Yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't work really, as well yeah it's media. not 
not a spoken meme. (laughs) (laughs) When she sees him, she thanks him for staying with her. Wait, are we not going to talk more about how Isildur is actually Iceheart? We're just going to keep going. (laughs) (laughs) No spoilers, Danny. Okay. (laughs) Iceheart's real revenge. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's... That is the manuscript that, like, that's the Right Squadron manuscript that Aaron Allison was, like, actually working on. <laughs> <laughs> when Isildur says it's nothing, she points out that he could have run away. Our two beeps, and Tenennial translates that that he wants to know where Luke has gone. Although he's freaked out by her powers, Isildur explains that he went to feel the canteens. Apparently, Isildur was caught very easily, and that she came up to the river dancing around him coyly and held out a rope. And he grabbed it, and she tied him up and gagged him. Men. Men. Grabbing people's ropes. I bet it was made out of woofa hide. I was going to say, how could you resist if it's made out of woofa hide? There's there's no telling. What you could do. Et cetera, et cetera. Daniel gets up and cups his chin in her hands and kisses him tenderly. Isildur is taken aback, but he does not actually pull away. No woman has been so casually forceful to him before. (laughs) I don't believe that for a second. (laughs) She pulls away, licking her lips as to taste him, Uh and remarks... (laughs) That's straight from the books, kids. And remarks that he's very handsome, but too bad he's a commoner. So rude. Why do men who write these books think that this is how women act? (laughs) Like, they're like, oh yeah, there's no men in this society, this is what they become. Like no, they're cougars. Probably not. Yeah, cougars. <laughs> oh my god, I want Cougar Town as a Star Wars TV series. Oh my god, Cougar Daddy. Town is oh, Star Daddy. Wars story. <laughs> Amazing. I love Cougar Town so much. Oh my god. <laughs> this is the Star Wars property I want, and this is the Star Wars property we're never gonna get. Yes, Why the Star Wars property we Why deserve. Does- why do the Star Wars gods hate us? Gosh. No one has ever referred to Sildor as a commoner before, but in comparison to Luke, he can see why he isn't special by the standards of her people. She tells Sildor that he could never take Luke's place in her heart. Just to... You just met both of them, lady. <laughs> yeah, but Luke has a big force D, so... <laughs> oh, dear. Have we compared Luke... Sildor to Prince Charming from Shrek yet? <laughs> oh my god. Because <laughs> that's who I've been picturing this entire time, and I just now realized it. Oh my god. It's <laughs> not inaccurate, really. Mommy issues and everything. <laughs> hey, but now I want that I need a hero musical number because that's literally the best. Like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Luke comes back, and they leave for the Singing Mountain Clan. As soon as they make it to the guards, the women start catcalling Isildur, as if he were a stripper or an ordinary woman walking down the street. (laughs) She leads them up to the fortress, and they meet Ogwin, who is her grandmother. She said that she found what she sought. A vision led her to search around the wreck. She takes Isildur's wrist and holds it up in the air, proclaiming that she caught him and will take him as her husband. What? Twist. (laughs) Whoa. Isildur is shocked, and when he disputes her claim, she shoots him a look of betrayal and pain. 
She shouts that he came with her peaceably and that he gave himself freely. Tenenio, this isn't how anything works. Yes, it is. is. (laughs) The sweet child. She's so stupid. At this point, Leia, who has to have all the men to herself, butts in. Running to Isildur (laughs) and hugging him, but at least giving Luke the same treatment. Agwen asks Leia if Isildur is her slave. And she says that they're just friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, friend zone. <laughs> no slaving for you tonight, buddy. Ogwen says, Ogwen starts to say it's fair for him to be Tenennials, but Leia interrupts again, saving, saying that she saved, he saved her life. But when Ogwen asks Tenennial if Tenennial will take Luke, Leia again says that he saved her life. But so does Tenenio. She says he's a powerful spellcaster and he killed Night Sister Ocheron. The witches start whispering at that, frowns and glances, not exactly pleased with this news about Luke. Ogwen tries to change the scu- subject, scoffs about how with three new men on the planet, only one is eligible and just barely at that. <laughs> is there anyone in the galaxy who hasn't saved Leia's life? Is she always in that much peril? And this sure is the point where George is. Lucas rolled over in his grave a little bit. <laughs> His grave, Denny. He's definitely not dead. <laughs> Still alive. Yeah, but you know like that guy sleeps in a coffin. <laughs> Danny, Danny just oh, killed George so Lucas. <laughs> it's rogue podcast. Danny saying that George Lucas is like a vampire. Cool. What I'm saying is that George Lucas is always talking about how Princess Leia is the princess who saves herself. Isn't he? Mm. Or is that someone else? Probably someone else. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Oh, you're right. Know. He's the one that said there's no bras in space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, correct. <laughs> Bing bong. Awkward <laughs> 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 rules that Isildur is hers as her husband. Leia tries to object again, but Ogwen says that every woman on the council owns at least one man. Leia tries to ask Luke to intervene, but he tells Leia that she's the New Republic emissary, and she knows galactic law better than anyone. Leia realizes under the New Republic that Ogwen's rule would stand. She still My protests. favorite thing about this is that, like, Isildur's, like, looking at Leia, like, hey, like, come on, we gotta this can't happen. Leia's like, mm, nothing I can do, you're a slave now, bye, I guess. <laughs> They're just friends, Seth. It's all this because C-3PO so- sang a song about Han Solo the night before. Literally because of that. <laughs> I love this book so much. Solo, what a man literally saves <laughs> the day. <laughs> it's just such a good title for a song. Too. The virtues of King Han Solo. <laughs> Leia still protests, and Ogwen asks Leia if she would fight Tenennial for his ownership. Leia asks if it's to the death, and Ogwen says, mm, maybe it'd be better if she tries to buy Isildur instead. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, a smooth bird. <laughs> yeah. But Tenennial says he isn't for sale yet, and it's obvious that Leia would not be the only bidder. Leia finally concedes defeat. Tenennial takes Isildur's Imagine hand. this is telling. Sorry. Imagine this is how, like, trying to get a boyfriend worked. That'd be great. (laughs) I would lose, because I am both weak and poor. (laughs) (laughs) Doomed to be single forever. I am poor. (laughs) 
Oh my I'm God. weak and poor. I can't even fight someone for a boy. It's Saf. I'll catch two boys and then I'll give one to you. I'll catch two Thank boys. You. This I'm is why I wrong. Okay. <laughs> she is. She's always looking out for me. That's why she's my fave. I could just, you know, bench one of them and then just be like, oh, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so much easier. I wish this is how things were. <laughs> Tenennial takes Isildur's hand, and he notices that her eyes are a color of copper he's never seen on apes. Rose gold? Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> uncomfortable holding her hand, but rather that somehow he trusts her implicitly. They're gonna fall in love. Yeah. Do you think? The other witches <laughs> start touching Isildur's booty, which prompts Leia to drag them all inside. Isildur can't get over how much Leia has already acclimated to the witches and how she acts and holds herself. Women keep making lusty cries at him until they're out of sight. What do lusty cries sound oh, like? Don't. I don't know. Let's act it out. No. Nope. <laughs> no. Oh, no, no. No. Oh. Can you make, can you do a run to Winnie, but like lusty? <laughs> um, I, I, how do I make Lusty. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna. I, I. I can't entirely control where the wings go once they start. So it's just. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh no! <laughs> <sighs> well, let's. Ogwin stops Luke and asks him to come to meet her after he's done visiting his friends. They go into the Falcon and see Han. He can't face Luke at first, but Luke makes him. Han is not in the mood for this. This was so, so they just awkward. Falcon. <laughs> yep. Luke is just like, Han. Han's like, what? And Luke is like, dude. And Han is like, it's fine. And Luke is what? like, no, dude. And Han is like, what? I didn't do anything. It's like, bro, bro. Bro, bro, bro. 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 And Han's just like bro, bro. And Luke's like bro, bro, bro. That's, that's mentions a good summary that... of that exchange. <laughs> good dramatic reading, everyone. <laughs> Isildur mentions that he has a ship. Han asks how many he can hold, and he says two. Han immediately tells him to take Leia and fly away. Luke informs Han that it was a test. His fighter actually only holds one. And Han gets mad, and they fight for a little bit until Leia breaks it up, explaining that she had agreed to come on this trip. Isildur doesn't fully believe her, but he lets it go for now. Isildur says about 80 Hapen battle destroyers, battle dragons, are on their way, but it'll take too long to wait as the Night Scissors will attack in three days. He says at least Leia can make it out safe, but she refuses to leave the rest of them. Han says that if he actually had the parts, it could he could fix the Falcon in only a couple of hours. They all agree that they need to go to the Imperial prison and steal some supplies. Tenennial says she can guide them to the prison, but she's never been inside and has no idea what space parts are. She gets Ogwin, who explains the only night sister, that only night sisters have been inside the prison. Tenennial mentions Sister Baruka. She was a night sister, but left them after paying a great price. She lives alone as a forsaken and has petitioned to rejoin her clan. It's a dangerous time for her while she needs to cleanse herself, but right now she's unstable. Tenennial agrees to guide them to her. Tenennial grabs Isildur's hand and leads him down to what used to be her room. 
She pulls out a couple lizard hide tunics and asks which one would Luke like better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so harsh. Ever been friend zoned so hard in one day? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Isildur chooses the green one because it goes better with her rose gold eyes. Wow, Tenennial with the rose gold. She undresses and washes herself. Isildur trying not to watch, but definitely watching. She this casually was talks to him. so uncomfortable to read. <laughs> it's fine. It's it basically like, her breasts fine. were nice. He wasn't looking, but he did notice that. <laughs> he, he did notice she is a woman with womanly breasts. <laughs> God. I love it. She casually talks to him, saying that she does not understand his customs. She initially thought that he wanted her, and he stayed even after the multiple chances she had given him to run away. She knew he had come to the planet seeking a woman, but now she understands it was Leia. Isildur, missing the point, thinks that overall her beauty is plain, but he's super into her back muscles, and admits that he'll probably dream about her that night. Alright, buddy. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, why? <laughs> was that another lusty Winnie? <laughs> no. no, that was me screaming in pain and agony. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> I'm lusting for the end. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, she <laughs> tells the end of this pain of this book of lies. No, you can't. You can't recover that one. <laughs> Let's keep moving. She tells him I that. And sorry, if she gave him his freedom back outright, then another woman would just capture him. For now, she'll keep him, but he's free in everything except name. She kisses his forehead gently and leads him back to the war room. Agwin leads Luke and Isildur over to a very old witch in the corner named Mother Rel. She's 300 years old because oh the gosh. force within refuses to die. It's so Mother old. Rel. I w- I'm just so used to Star Wars, I was like, oh, Mother. <laughs> <laughs> Her name is Mother Rel. <laughs> Wait, Danny, no. <laughs> they use her name like hundreds of times and it never clicked. <laughs> Danny, no. <laughs> Alrighty then. I love this. Danny. I love it. Come on, Mother Rel sounds like a Star Wars name, doesn't it? No. It does, actually. Not when it's al- am- not when it also spells mother. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh. Well when she sees Luke, she mentions that oh, he started a Jedi Academy oh so many years ago and asks about his wife and kids. Luke says they're fine. And she continues and asks if he's seen Sexy Master Yoda, that flirt, recently. And Luke replies that <laughs> no, he has not. <laughs> he took the flirting line in stride. Like everything else, like, yeah, easy to just like casually go along with. But referring to Master Yoda as a flirt... Like, this is definitely the first time anyone has ever referred to Yoda as a sexual being in the presence of Luke. Yeah, but like, he that would shake a man. Yoda. That would shake him. <laughs> 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 Yoda on the hollow. 
maybe, but sexy Yoda and sexual Yoda are two very different things. <laughs> That's fair. She turns to Isildur, knowing his name too, and says that she thought Jezirthia, I don't even know how to pronounce her name anymore, um, Gethzurion killed him. But then she looks at Ogwin and asks if she'd been dreaming again, and Ogwin replies yes. Oh, oh, oh that's awkward. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, I thought you died. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Ogwin explains that when she was a child, Mother Rel told her that someday a Jedi Master and his pupil would arrive, and she was to bring them straight to her. She had a message for them, but she's not lucid right now, so oh well. <laughs> Don't you mean Mother Rel? No, I mean Mother <laughs> <laughs> They took all this in stride really well. <laughs> Luke asked like This witch if... that can predict the future has like, been waiting for them, and they're like, she's got a message for you. But she can't give it to you right now, it looks like. Okay. <laughs> and the is they just like, wait, did she just say I'm going to die? <laughs> and they're like, sorry, we've moved on. <laughs> Next topic. Luke asks if she can see the future, and the answer is yes. She also says that after Luke came, that she would let herself die, and it would be the end of their world. She can't answer Luke when he asks what that means. Isildur is terrified. Rightly so. But Luke pats him on the back, saying that it was only one possible future, Slugger. Nothing is written. And I feel like it's important to note that um, Isildur is still bouncing his pecs in this scene. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Now they're, like, rapidly bouncing. Cause <laughs> it's, it's, oh. it's his nervous tick. <laughs> rapidly bouncing <laughs> fear. It's nervous. Can we talk about how not reassuring Luke was there? <laughs> like... <laughs> That was not a helpful thing to say in that moment, I don't think. You'll be good, buddy. Like, well, something's going to happen. We'll see what it is, I guess. It's only possible. <laughs> I mean, it could happen, but it also might not it's like happen. A, like a 98% chance. It's fine. Well, it's totally fine. Everything will be <laughs> fine. Everything's going to be okay. After lunch, Tenniel leads them down to their Rancor mounts. Leia chooses to ride on Tosh, an old herd leader. Han starts to climb up with Leia, but Luke rushes over and says he hoped to ride with her. Han tells him, no way, and says he should ride with Tenennial because she's super thirsty for him. Say, uh, Han, I was sort of hoping to ride with Leia. It's been a long time since I've seen her, and I sort of wanted to get caught up on a few things. No way, buddy. She's mine. Why don't you ride on that Rancor over there? That Tenennial's definitely hot for you. Her? I I wouldn't know about that. You can't tell me you haven't noticed her. I mean, that woman is definitely put together just right. Yeah, I've noticed. So what? You're telling me you don't want her? We're just from such different worlds. But you've got so much in common. You're both from strange little backwater planets. You both have odd powers. You're male and she's female. Pause. That's not a thing in common. (laughs) (laughs) She'll go then common. That's the opposite of what you're trying to say. Han's like, but the parts go together. (laughs) What more do you need? Believe me, buddy, if I were you, I'd go right up there and ask her if she wants to ride on my rancor. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. If you don't want to ask her to ride with you, maybe I should ask her to ride with me. 
Oh, you're so juvenile trying to make me jealous. Well, it won't uh, work. <laughs> no, nope, that's not Luke. That's not Luke. Oh, gosh. Uh, I wish that was Luke saying that. I really do. Oh, you're so juvenile trying to make me jealous. Well, it won't work. Hey, I'm the jilted lover here. If you want to ride with his highness Isildur, that's your prerogative. But if I go looking for some lovely young lady to comfort me while I'm on the rebound, why should you care? I don't care much. It's not you I'm worried about. I just don't want you using another woman that way. Me? Too bad, General Solo. It looks as if you will have to ride beside your hairy Wookiee friend. But I know that that won't bother you since you two are so close. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent shade. What a burn. You have a friend. Right. <laughs> what? Well, I think he's implying that Han is, is more than just friends with his Wookiee. Oh, I didn't take that from that. But yeah. I mean, also, probably true. I like that now. I like that now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Isildur probably doesn't have friends, so he doesn't know what it means. Right. He's like, why are you so close with this other being? <laughs> That's not your mom. Who does that? He's so close. <laughs> <laughs> That's a girl. It's not your bodyguard. Come on. Oh, wait. Still going. Um, oh, no. Oops. I think we're done. No, I meant like the show is still going. Yeah, we're like, oh, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> no, yep. done. That oh. is. Cash out. As they start off on their journey, Han and Isildur are constantly comparing their Ds, and Leia is already very tired. Partway into the trek, Isildur confronts Leia again about how he doesn't believe that she really went willingly with Han. When Leia asks if it's really so hard to believe, he explains that yes it is because Han is abrasive and oafish. Leia's getting mad, and Isildur, again missing the point, gets mad when Leia tells him that Han called him slime. The Rancors are crossing a river. (laughs) And Leia finds herself humming Han Solo. What a man, Solo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. (laughs) The jingle's stuck in her head. (laughs) She doesn't stop herself before Han can figure out what she's humming. And he smiles smugly as he moves his rancor up to theirs. Unfortunately, that gets Isildur to retaliate by splashing Han, and so on and so forth. <laughs> Teneniel steps in, summoning water from the river and dumping it on both of them. Leia accidentally touches Luke's emotion and feels bliss and desire. Wow. <laughs> also weird to be like, let me check on my brother. <laughs> oh, he's horny. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yep, super awkward. <laughs> I never thought about that aspect of like them having a force link. Yes. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Leia is pretty sure he, Luke hasn't felt this way about anyone and she winks at him, which is also weird. Oh yeah, that's when it got real weird when she was like, I see you. <laughs> I see you, bro. Oh, gosh. R2, which it says autocorrected to auto. Let's see. R2 picks up no nearby Imperial signals, but a lot of radio traffic overhead. 
14 ships, including several Star Destroyers, appeared out of hyperspace, probably because of the appearance of the Hapen Battle Dragon. They also know that Han is down there, and he might be a big enough prize for Warlord Gabor to break his own interdiction order and head down to the planet. They head up to what they believe to be Baruka's cave, but she isn't there. Teneniel assumes that she's out hunting. They will camp and rest there to wait for her. Everyone chills out, and Teneniel explains how Tosh is telling the younger Rancors the story of how their ancestors met the witches. One day, a sick, a sick Rancor female met a witch. In exchange for healing her, the witch could ride on her back and better hunt and be safe. The Rancor thrived and became huge and became a herd mother. Other Rancors died out while her herds prospered. The Rancors must love the witches and help them because they've taught them how to do such wonderful things like make armor and weapons. None of the Rancors are happy about the Night Sisters. They treat the Rancors badly as if they were slaves. Isildur says he finds it interesting that they treat Rancors as friends, but men as slaves. He finds their power structure of men on the bottom to be barbaric. It's interesting. Luke retorts that it's easier to find the flaws in alien culture as rather than your own. Leia starts to dig herself a huge hole and says that she finds the whole ordeal of rule by birthright to be barbaric as well. She's right. <clears throat> yeah, but probably not the best crowd for this right now. <laughs> <laughs> know the room. Know the room. Isildur says that's odd coming from a princess. Her family was bred and trained to lead for generations. It's only right that she should lead and all of her people know it. Even with Alderaan gone, they still look to her for power and leadership. They're really just social carnivores bred to be the strongest and the smartest. Even Luke agrees that intelligence, charisma, decisiveness might all have genetic components. If the traits breed true, why not have a guild of leaders? Luke, no. Yeah, Luke's drinking the Kool-Aid. Isildur explains that Ta'achum was the right queen mother for her time, but now that the war is over, they need someone strong, but can rule with kindness. Tenennial is confused and asks why her culture is different from Isildur if both are ruled by women and both give men no power. (laughs) (laughs) Explains that as prince, he actually has ultimate power because he gets to choose the next queen mother. Oh, bad move, buddy. Bad move. This makes Leia pretty mad. She meets all the qualifications to make a perfect queen mother, and she starts to wonder if he's the type who would fall in love as long as the person met all the criteria. And she's not quite sure how to feel about that. Tenantilo has (laughs) the right answer. The answer is bad. Yeah, the answer is (laughs) Leia. Tenennial has the right answer, though. She mocks him, laughs at him, and tells him he's so dumb. True. I like Tenennial. She's great. Baruka returns later and says that she's forsaken and cannot offer them food or shelter. When Tenennial asks her for help, she hesitates and then tells them that they are in danger. Gethzerion has been summoning the Night Sisters for war. She can't help them because Gethzerion sells power over her, her, hunting her, calling out to her, and cursing her. She was her sister, and their connection through the Force is strong. Luke says that she used to be her sister, but that part of her is gone now. When he says he's Luke, she reacts to the prophecy of the one who will put the end to their world. She starts casting a spell, 
and the sand is built up in a replica of the prison. A real-time replica of the prison, which... That's this amazing. was so cool. <laughs> so I want to see this happen in something. That'd be super... Oh, my God, yes. Like, sorry, Luke, but your powers kind of suck in comparison to these witches. Like, I just made a miniature of the city, and people are walking around in it. Yeah, in real time, bro. <laughs> like, don't even. Oh, uh, so cool. It's like a magic version of the Marauder's map. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the map isn't magic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a more magic version. <laughs> it's like if you 3D printed the Marauder's map. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> we got there. Good work, everyone. <laughs> A team effort. Faruka points out the entrances, the guards, and where the ship parts would be in the base of the tower. A tiny sand that gets Zurion appears, and Baruka destroys the replica, screaming. Her face is bruised again, and Luke tells her to sit with him tonight, and they can begin her healing. That night, Leia still has Han Solo. What a man, Solo. Stuck <laughs> in her head. And she is going to destroy something. <laughs> Probably 3PO. <laughs> <laughs> to distract herself, she listens to Luke teaching Isildur Tenennial and Baruka the ways of the Jedi. Tenennial asks how she's supposed to give up on some of the Night Sisters. They were friends and family before. Luke warns her that if she does feel good in them, she can try to turn them, but not to let them turn her in exchange. Baruka asks how you can free yourself from the dark side. And Luke says that you need to turn away from it with your whole heart. Give up your anger, give up your greed, give up your despair. He reaches out and lifts her face and says that in the in time, she must also give up her guilt. Heavy stuff. Yeah. There you go, Luke. Being a real teacher for once. <laughs> Shady. <laughs> wow. And that's the end of the chapters. So good. So bad, but so good. So <laughs> Yeah, I feel like in these chapters we finally realized the true potential that this book has to be itself. <laughs> it's great. Yep. All right. Should we do listener questions? Listener yeah. questions. You three still have to answer. Yes. Last week we asked you, what would you do with a whole woofer hide? I would weave as many baskets as I could, all for baby Ewoks to sleep Aww. in. Oh my god. <laughs> Mine's similar, but more selfish. I would weave a very big hammock for myself to read in. Also good. We can still <laughs> put some baby Ewoks in there. Yeah, we can put some baby. I'm a small person. Definitely yeah. put some baby Ewoks in there. Great. Snow cones. What? I just really want a snow cone. Um, I don't think you can make a snow cone out of a wolf hide. I think that I would well, make... What can't you do without a wolf hide? <laughs> <laughs> True. I think that I would make socks. I think they'd be warm and cozy. And my toes are really cold right now. Oh, mm-hmm. Or so I say bell I would make... and everyone laughs, but Wait, Danny says maybe... socks. And it's like, yeah, yeah. He said socks. So I see how it socks. is. The real answer how... is that I would make a, a plush porg. But, but an original wolf hide plush porg. But like a giant one to use up the entire hide? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, okay, maybe it'd be like a life-size plush rancor. Oh, that'd oh be... my god. Into it. Yeah, I dig that. <laughs> a single belt. <laughs> <laughs> a belt. The Rancor could wear a belt. Maybe he's a classic yeah. Rancor. <laughs> Maybe the Rancor could wear the belt that he made. Perfect. <laughs> I have extras. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ian Miller said, "If I had a woofa hide, I would play hide the woofa." 
I feel like is. <laughs> I don't want to know. This. No. <laughs> yep. Moving on. <laughs> Justice Turtle said, "Woofa meat is distilled into liquor to catch more woofas. Woofa liquor is also an aphrodisiac." No. The the witches grind woofa bones to make their bread. Woofa leather bracelets increase force powers. Citation oh. needed. And dried woofa chew toys are a rancor favorite. Do worms wow. have bones? There's a lot to get into here. <laughs> like grinding the bones to make bread. <laughs> yeah. Do worms have bones? Because I feel like the answer is no, but I'm not actually it's sure. Woofa. It could be different. Yeah. If, if you're asking about like earthworms, the answer is no. Okay. Thank God. But if you're asking about because I was just imagining the tiny sure. weird skeletons, and it was freaking me out. Was there anything else you wanted to dig in on there, Danny? Yeah. Um, I just thought the aphrodisiac <laughs> part was a little fascinating, too. I'm here for it. Cash 22 said, take woofa, cut into several long pieces, and tie something sharp or really sticky to one end of each. Then harpoons on tow cables go for the legs. Guaranteed to work on anything from an adat to whatever morsel of a man you think looks tastiest from behind. Yes! <laughs> Good scale. I'm into catch being like, yes, get me a tasty morsel of a man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Nancy said, I would make a new jacket of destiny for Finn since he lost his on the supremacy, and oh. I'd make a matching one for Poe. Oh, I love it. <laughs> also, I love that it's called New Jacket of Destiny. <laughs> yeah, the Jacket of Destiny. Wow. <laughs> epic. Ben oh. Warman said, I would use a woofo hide to hang. Gets handed a note, reads note. Some tacky outdoor decorations on Halloween, and certainly not myself. Seriously, seek help. Depression is a serious issue that should not be taken lightly. Ben! Jeez! Ben! Ben! I want to send a a friend to Ben's house. (laughs) It's so dark. His responses get darker and darker every week, and I'm worried about him. Ben, are you doing okay? It's so dark. We're here for you. We are here for you. My dear. DMs are open, Ben. We're really sorry that we gave you a pity glistening Bodie last week. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, everyone got one. Raising Fangirl said, So the first thing that popped into my head was a loincloth, but since that's not enough for Meg, <laughs> I would need a place for my wife's car. That's funny out of context. <laughs> Thank you, Raising Fangirls. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to see people waste things, okay? Use the whole woofer. <laughs> Tom the fanboy said, I would glue the end shut and inflate the woofer to make a horrifying balloon animal. The possibilities are endless and disturbing. <laughs> what can't you do with the woofer? What can't you do? That's horrifying. <laughs> so gruesome. <laughs> I did not expect this when we asked this question. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Mika said, I'd use a wolf of hide to make a lasso and give it to Chewie. Then he could throw it on Han and drag him away every time Han tries to kidnap or shoot somebody with his gun of command. Or anything, really. Think of it as a reoccurring sitcom joke. Oh, I, I like it. it. Brian J. Hawkward said, I'd use my wolf of hide to make a fur cape exactly like Lando's. Seriously, cape game on fleek. Where's the, f- where's the fur? <laughs> Maybe they also have fur. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're furry worms with bones. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I hate nightmares. <laughs> Every time we learn another fact about these creatures, they become more and more disturbing. <laughs> this is like learning about the, the insect people from, like, that book ages ago. I can't remember what they were called. Varactyls. No. No, um, the ones that climb up and scream. The trees and scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm never gonna forget that. What but it called? feels like that Verpines? Verp- Verpines? No. Maybe? No. Meg, what Meg, stop teasing us. <laughs> Wait, really? None of us remember? Oh boy, this is a bad bad look. <laughs> They're not relevant anymore. It's fine. I guess so. Oh boy. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> Brian J. Hawkward also said I'm going to turn my wolf hide into a lasso and give it to Kathleen Kennedy. Maybe she could use it to round up someone who isn't this white dude to make a new Star Wars movie. Oh, Shay. I, I like Brian Shay. J. Hawkward's responses because you can tell he's just like responding to the Star Wars news as it came out this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Monday solo trailer. I want that cape. Tuesday, Game of Thrones dudes. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the woof of height is the answer to everything. <laughs> what can it fix? Suara said, I'd make a woof a bag to kidnap Han, Isildur, and Tachume to get them far and away from Leia. Haven't we learned anything from this book about not kidnapping people? I mean, I would kidnap Isildur. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would let Tenennial kidnap me, so. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> um, They're called Vraytrix. That's it. Thank you. You were close with the V, Danny. Oh, that was so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the reference is in season four of Mission Six. Bliss. Wow, yeah. how that did you figure that out so quick? Because I'm brilliant, all right. Rogue pod detective. That was around the same time Bodhi became a thing. That was a good good era for us. It was that golden glitter yeah. era? Golden. It's all been downhill ever since. Lived all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've accidentally <laughs> slipped into reminiscing in the middle of listener responses here. <laughs> Remember that time we hung out at Celebration? That, that was fun. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Back on track. Back on track. Jay said, I'm, I'm glad this is a very Jay response because I forgot to write <laughs> who said it, but... I will always remember that this was Jay's response. Jay said, I'd make a giant leather screen protector for my de- for my Star Destroyer so Rebels would stop blowing up the bridge and stuff. And then added, if I don't already have a Star Destroyer, then I would make one out of a wolf. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be so hipster, yeah. though. You'd be like the hipster millennial with your wolf uh, Star Destroyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the 80s volvo station wagon of the star wars universe exactly like that (laughs) dinner leader said my friends it's all about capes long capes short capes hooded capes waterproof capes blaster proof capes (laughs) even on dathomir i can still style once i leave lando him once i leave lando himself would be jealous baby bear would crap himself if he weren't super dead i'd be phasma's cape inspiration thank you for calling you baby bear I just love the first sentence here so much. My friends, it's all about <laughs> I love that Epic. third sentence. Even on Dathomir, I can still style. Right? Uh, it's all good. It's all good. Oh, baby bear. Well done, DL. Dark Sapien said, a number of limited edition leather jackets that could survive a tie crash and help forge loving and lasting relationships. Aww. That's the so Jacks of Destiny. That's so special. 
That's so sweet. I really hope the next listener response doesn't ruin this moment we've just created. <laughs> ben with a Y said, you don't want to know what I'd do with a wolf of hide. Ben Winky with a face. Y. You face. Boy. Ben with a Y, go to your room. <laughs> Benjamin. Benjamin. With <laughs> two Y's. Benjamin. Yeah, his, two. his legal name has two Y's. <laughs> it's three Y's. Benjamin. Yeah, okay. Benjamin. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Just change every vowel in it to a Y. <laughs> the fourth Y is silent. <laughs> That's so good. Cole said, I would use science to convert the Woofa Hide back into a Woofa Jekyll. <laughs> Groan. <laughs> I can't get it. It's a, it's a good joke. We're it's all about joke. those classical literature puns here on Rogue Pod. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom the Fanboy said... I know I answered already, but I would fold it into a turban and turn the woofa hide into a woofa seek. Oh, I get it. It's another pun. Oh, no. Damn it! It is! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> that one's a little deeper. Oh, I would not have actually realized that. Uh, I nominate dinner leader. <laughs> Absolutely dinner yeah. leader. Yeah, you get it, dinner leader. And One Brian J. Hogward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For your stream done. of consciousness over there. <laughs> And I want to give one to Ben Warman, and it's not a pity gl- glistening body. I just really appreciate dark humor. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right, well, this week, <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> I'm afraid. We want you to write a verse of the virtues of King Han Solo. Solo? What a man, Solo. <laughs> I We obviously need time for this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. One hundred. Okay, <laughs> listeners, hit us up on Twitter at Rogue Podron with your new amazing verses. Find us at our website roguepodron.tumblr.com. Email us roguepodron at gmail.com and subscribe via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes or the Far Far Away Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Feedburner, or Google Play. And we have a lovely iTunes review, which is five stars by Amanda Eleanor, which is titled "A Cacophony of Delights." Jeez. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have some questions. <laughs> Cacophonies are bright. Maybe they miss maybe everyone else. Answered, so I'll hold it. One star for all of us and the fifth one to split. <laughs> yeah. Amanda says, I'm not usually a podcast person, but I do adore the X-Wing books. So when someone recommended I check out Rogue Podron and the comics, comments of a fanfic I wrote, I thought I might as well check it out. What? And <laughs> I'm so sorry, Amanda. And oh boy, was I glad I did. This show is delightful. If you've read the books before, this is a lovely refresher and you'll almost always, you'll almost have as much fun as Meg does when everyone else guesses coming events incorrectly. I had a lot of laughs listening to this podcast and almost fell out of my chair a time or two and may never call Bro Jace or anyone else for that matter by their proper name ever again. (laughs) (laughs) The dramatic readings, (laughs) exploration of trashy romance and Nancy and Brian's EU story time are just some of the many, many, many delights awaiting you on this show. To Meg, Seth, Danny, and Heath, thanks a lot for making this show. You guys are stars, five stars, and all deserve a glistening body or two for your trophy cabinets. Trophy cabinets. <laughs> Why? <laughs> for your gin shell. <laughs> yeah. you my gin shelf and my trophy cabinet. I love it. <laughs> I never need reminding how much I love We Gentilies and these books, but if I ever did, I just listened to this podcast on repeat. <laughs> this is oh, the sweetest oh, review ever. Oh, so nice. oh, I love it. A Thank you, Amanda. Of Thank you, Amanda. And also, other people, please leave us lovely reviews. Thanks for Plus mentioning me, stars. Amanda. 
Um, Amanda is an artist and she has um, let me find up her Twitter because she has in her Etsy store um, a zine that she's made of X-Wing pilots yeah. oh that's awesome oh good hold on and there it is yeah so we'll put her um, link in the show notes the, the Twitter handle is let's see Y-U-N-M-I-N and it's called I Can Fly, We Can Fly Anything, and it's all about starfighter pilots in Star Wars. Nice. Oh, yeah, I've seen that around. Yes. It's very nice. A plus. All right. Well, next time, The Courtship of Princess Leia, chapters 19 through 21, which you might notice that is a little bit different from what we have on our little graphic right now. Going through the show notes, they get pretty long when we start doing too many chapters so we're actually turning what was going to be two episodes into three episodes so you have even more time for the trash with us more courtship padron more courtship padron only one more episode though so don't feel like too upset but with that this is rogue padron signing out signing off bash out (laughs) Hey now, you're on solo when a man oh go play. Hey now, you're on solo when a man oh Get laid and every princess dream. He's not just a man. He's a king. I love it. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, open right to 204. So we have Han and Leia. And then Luke. And is Isildur speaking this? Um, Not until the very... Yeah, like... Okay. So, Meg, you're Eastfielder, right? Yes. Okay, so I'll be Luke. Um, and let's just not... I think we can do without narration on this. I think it'll be oh. funnier if we just go right in. Where are we starting? Ooh, say, uh, Han. Say, uh, Han. Yeah. Meg, do you want to do a Teen Girl Squad intro? <laughs> what would I do? I don't know. <laughs> a lot of pressure all of a sudden. Yeah. I know. You can't just tell me. I'm not, I'm not an improv expert, Danny. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Everyone get your Teen Girl Squad voices ready. Um, <clears throat> Say, uh, Han! What? I was... <laughs> no, we're not, we're not, um, we're not doing it. VR! VR! I can't, I can't do it. That was a really good Teen Girl Squad voice, though. Thank you. <laughs> a little too good. I can't do it. <laughs> All right. Um. Oh, <laughs> I was sort of hoping to arrive at Leia. It's the same voice as your Yoda voice. <laughs> it's all my voices. They're all the same. It feels a little more British. <laughs> it's your British Yoda's Teen Girl Squad. <laughs> oh my god. My stomach is cramping. Ah, my stomach lighting. <laughs>